Doctor? What doctor? Doctor who? Doctor who, did you say? Eh? Doctor who? What are you talking about? gibberish or do you really know what you're talking about well what a strange little story that was then it is yeah a little little um what would you call it in a meal what would it be a, a little palate cleanser or a, it's not it's not really a story is it two episodes um yeah not an awful lot happens over that 50 minutes or no, so no it is it's very funny as well because it's one of those stories where as through fandom from the sort of late 70s onwards it's one of those where there's been continuing arguments about what it's called. Yes. A bit like the Daleks, and it? so it's like because I know it as Edge of Destruction, um, but it, it, beyond the spaceship, inside the spaceship, other various names. Um, but I think Edge of Descri- Edge of Destruction is quite good because it literally was, wasn't it? It was. This was this was thought to be the very last Doctor Who story. Yeah. Uh, in the original run, because uh, it's sort of I suppose it's. It, Telly was different back then, so they commissioned um, start with f- uh, f- one pilot, and then they commissioned four episodes, and then they commissioned uh, up to thirteen. And um, they, because the Daleks were seven, and uh, an earthly child Tribegum was four, so they they didn't want to go straight into Marco Polo, which they should have done, because if the the top brass went, nah, can it? Yep. Um, contractually, they would have been wasting money, so they asked for this little weird two-parter. Um, yeah, yeah, like you say, this is all down to the, the old practice in light entertainment on TV of doing uh, TV shows in blocks of 13. Yes, yeah. They're always 13. Do, do you know why they're always um, 13? I don't know. I'm sure there's some really arcane... <laughs> BBC reason yeah, for yeah. it. I, it wasn't just BBC, I, ITV yeah. did it as well. Really? It's, uh, yeah, no, um, it was always blocks of four different light entertainment programmes, four lots of 13 is your 52 weeks of the year. Oh, oh, right. Okay, so literally they would cut, they would break the budget for their year's worth of yes. that slot into, into four, into quarters, into, yeah. And then that's what you get. Oh, right, yes. That, that does explain it because, um, the, the Doctor Who handbook of the first Doctor is a great series of books, recommend it to anyone uh, that wants to know about this stuff in real in-depth. And it, it really was a case of um, they would do blocks of 13, and there was a real chance of them not bothering to do it afterwards. Yeah. Um, and it was the same when they got to um, Dalek Invasion of Earth, um, because... They, they were desperately trying to get um, Carol Ann Ford to stay on for two more episodes because then it would her her leaving would correspond to that block being up again. Yes. Uh, and the worry was, of course, that if they brought say they brought Vicky on, and then you had the rescue and nothing else after it, she's then paid for thirteen episodes. It's very very strange. Very, it is looking back at it now, doing. isn't it? Yeah. It, it? It really is. And and yeah. Um, the Daleks was um, seven, 
announced yeah. that each child was four. That's 11. You've still got two more yeah. <coughs> episodes to go. Yeah, and of course, yeah. th- 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 this is a practice that went right the way through to the 80s because um, Blake Seven, each, yeah, each exactly, season yeah. of Blake Seven was 13 episodes as well. And I think the, uh, the Jerry Anderson shows were 13, so it wasn't yeah. just a BBC thing. No, it's, it sort of makes sense, but you also you wonder whether it got to the point where people said, why are we doing this? And they went, oh, we, always, we always have. Mm. You know, um, because I know they, they also considered... Uh, not doing this and just doing two episodes of something else to fill the slot on the same budget and I, I you know I suppose uh, Verity Lambert and that would have pointed out well we've got the sets we've got yeah. the actors yeah because that that's literally the history the, the beginning years of Doctor Who and a bit later on as well it all came down to money yeah and and mm. this story is still officially the cheapest ever yes. Doctor Who story. It it was made uh, for two thousand five hundred pounds. Yeah, that's all it cost. It's mad, isn't it? And that's including everything, paying for the actors. That's all the, the wages, staff, the crew, yeah, and everything. The sets. Yeah. Um, and and that's the reason why it was uh, <coughs> it's set in the TARDIS. Is of course they were they weren't standing sets, but they were existing sets. Yep. Um, the BBC at the time didn't have stand-in sets. They didn't have enough studios to have stand-in sets, um, which is why the TARDIS just got tattier and tattier, because after each recording session, it would be broken down, put in storage, brought out the next week, made up, every time getting slightly more damaged. I mean, you can you can see it even this early, can't you, where roundels have been kicked in. Yeah, there's, there's um, one shot where yeah. you've got Ian there, and, uh, yeah, that's a photographic background of the roundels yeah, yeah. that's not even the the roundels there no that's it it's, it even at that point it was getting i mean there's, there's a lovely panning shot in episode one uh that shows you probably the 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 most you see of the tardis out of the outside of the first episode um and it it, it both looks great because you see it all but it also you like when you when they focus on the doors because of the camera angles you can see that the the walls are on wheels mm. and the the door hinges very interesting door hinges actually if you're into, into hinges door hinges yeah a very unusual way of opening them um, but but yeah it's just I think every single thing about this story screams unusual yeah and odd my and word odd, is yes. odd all yeah, right odd is a very good uh, description of oh cat's going She's yeah she don't like the word odd she goes how dare you say William Hartnell's odd yeah. <laughs> So let's crack on. Let's yes. let, let, let's go. Doctor, where are we? When we left the planet Scarrow, where did you ask the machine to take us to? Think, Doctor. I uh, had hoped to reach your planet Earth. Scarrow was in the future, and I used the fast return switch. The fast return switch? You've sent us back too far. Hmm? Doctor, show me. Show me that switch. Where is it? Well, I, I, I can't very well see it without a light, can I? It's near the scanner switch. Really? But that's the part of the control that's safe. That's strange. Mm. Doctor, we haven't got very much time left. Yes, I see. Here it is. Here, you see? Now, look, there's the switch. You see? Yes. Well, how does it work? Well, you, you merely press it down and... It's stuck. It hasn't released itself. You mean it's been on all this time? Yes, it must have been. Oh, come on, Doctor, let's get it unstuck. Oh, yes, just a minute now. Ah, 
Yes, there you are, you see? What's wrong? The spring's not connecting. It's come up the base. Of... Wait, there we are. We'll take it up. Now. Luckily, we can turn it over and... Now, it should work. There. Ah, that's all right. They're all unconscious. They're all knocked out in yes, the Yes, so the, doc the doctor... Um, has decided he's going to fix something. I can't remember what he's fixing, but he's fixing something. And he causes a little explosion, and they all get knocked out. Um, and then when when they're coming to, I thought it's hilarious. Um, there's this, like I said, this lovely panning shot, and they're all on, you know, all knocked out on the floor. I think Ian's laid back in the chair, and Susan's unconscious, stood up. Yes, <laughs> which I think is just wonderful. Um, she's sort of she's meant to be laid on the TARDIS console, but she's quite obviously stood up, leaning against it. Yes. Um, that that time lady uh, stamina and it keeps you going. Um, but yeah, they they wake up and it's it's blatantly obvious. Even this early in the program, it's blatantly obvious something's not right with them. Yes. Well, they um, don't know each other, <laughs> do they? Um, no. Barbara and Susan are the first to wake up, and they don't really recognize each other no well it, it's interesting because you as a, as a first time sort of viewer viewing this you you're, you're trying to piece together what goes on and it sort of makes sense vaguely at the end um that that almost they've lost the time since they met the doctor um so they can't remember it uh, and it's really weird because yeah Su susan sort of I think she sort of goes, aren't you Miss Wright? And then when Ian wakes up, he's not, he's sort of got a vague idea who Barbara is, but thinking of her as one of the teachers. Yeah, he calls her Miss Wright, yeah. doesn't he? Yeah, it's, um, it's, it's really good stuff. This is a great Barbara story. Um, yeah, I saw some of the lines were taken from Ian and given to her. Ah, right. Is At the end, when she figures out what's going on, yeah. that was meant to be them mutually coming ah. to that conclusion through a discussion but it was all given over to barbara and it's a really good barbara story yeah, yeah. isn't it it's a, it's a good barbara story she gets she basically becomes the audience identifier figure because ian's acting very very strange uh, and barbara's sort of the one that comes out of the strangeness first and knows something weird is happening and yeah she's the first of yeah. real out of the two yeah. of the them that she's in the tardis she remembers what the yes. tardis is yeah, um, and it's it's really good. This is where like you see a lot of things where they say, um, uh, you know, William Russell uh, wasn't an actor; he just played himself. And you can see in this, he's immediately not Ian Chesterton. No, it's it's a great great bit of acting. I, I understand that the cast were a little bit confused by this one, in that they 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 didn't know why they were acting strangely um, in this first episode. And I think that it, it probably helped as well, in it because there's nothing cosy about this one. Everything you see, you're immediately on your edge. Um, I love it as well when the, they go. Susan realizes the doctor's on the floor, and she goes over to him. She goes, "He's cut his head open. There's blood everywhere, and there isn't. No, you never no. see anything." I like the line Ian says. He says, "Oh, his heart singular, yes, singular seems yep. all right. Yes, yep." Yeah. And and yeah, the um, the doors are open. Yes. Susan yeah. notices the doors are open, and immediately it's like there's something in here with us. Something yeah, she, has done this. Yeah, she she thinks something's entered the TARDIS, um, and the the Doctor and that is very much um, that couldn't possibly happen. I don't know why they're suddenly why they're so confident that that couldn't be the case, um, given you know what 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 has happened, etc. 
but it's really weird to see the, the doors open. I, I don't know whether this was meant to be a, a, a case like um, uh, the Mind uh, Robber, where on old TVs what was outside the door would be bleached out. Mm-hmm. You just wouldn't see the di- because when you watch it on DV, you can see the the, the corridor floor, can't you? The set yes. wall, and it's just there. And it's like, hmm, that's interesting. That's meant to be outside, but yes. it's not. Yeah. Yes. Uh, and the doctor's really worried, isn't it? That he he thinks Ian's done this, but uh, yeah, the TARDIS doors being open are, are catastrophic. Um, yeah. But know, but Ian Ian goes towards the doors, and the doors close. Yeah. Then he moves yeah. away from the doors, and then they open again. That's so, I wonder, that's so reminiscent of the uh, Peter Cushion film scene with, you know, uh, Roy Castle's Ian, where he's trying to go through the Dalek door, and every time he stands up and walks yeah. towards it, it closes. And I th- I'm, it's got to be, I think, that they saw this and went, oh, well, that's a good gag, we'll, we'll yeah. take that. Yeah. Um, it, it, it's very well done, although the door, uh, Hartnell stuff always suffered from the doors, the people operating the doors, they could never get them to close properly, could they? Not in conjunction with each no, other. No. no. They just, no. you know, very thick doors, so as soon as you'd have to close one and then the other, but when they try and close them both together, they get to that point where they can, neither of them can move. Yes, yes. Um, Susan goes to the console, something pushes her away from the yes. console and knocks her out, and she's put to bed. We've just been saying. Um, with the uh, when we were talking about seventies Daleks, the uh, the MFI bed yeah. that John Pertwee's doctor had, but here we've got a rather elaborate folding yeah, out nice, thing. Yeah. yeah, that was built by Shawcroft Models. That, oh, right. that, that yeah, was. it's very very spaceshipy. Um, doesn't look very comfortable to sleep in. No, I never understand. Um, like on Star Trek, suffered from the same. It's like, at what point in the future does human beings go? I, I don't want a comfy bed. Yeah. I want this slab. Um, yeah, I want a slab to sit on. Pillows. Blake 7 was like that as well. Yeah, the same, weren't it? Yeah. yeah it looked like <laughs> a lug- luggage rack that they yeah, had to sleep really on. Yeah, really uncomfortable. But it's, it's nice because I don't think... We haven't seen this room yet. We see it again in the chase, don't we? Mm. Um, uh, and I think in the web planet. But, yeah, it's nice to see this extra room. Um, my favourite line that, that just before this scene that came up, though, um, just looking through my nose, uh, when... Um, Susan or Barbara, uh, Barbara says about the doctor, he's cut his head open, and Susan goes, I've got some ointment. Oh, yes. <laughs> <laughs> Put some TCP on it, you'll be fine. That's how generally. it used to be. That's how yeah. it was when I was growing yeah. up, yeah. yeah. Stitches. Yeah. For posh people, weren't it? Yeah. Now, there's a BAFTA moment of acting um, coming up when Susan grabs the knife yes. and attacks the bed with it. Oh, yeah. oh, pair of scissors, isn't it? She yeah. should have got. Oh, sorry, sorry, sorry scissors, yeah, pair of scissors. scissors yeah. <coughs> oh, worthy of a BAFTA that that is, yeah. I reckon. Oh, you got complaints that scene, didn't you? Yeah, uh, Verity yeah. Lambert. She had to write a letter of apology. You cannot yeah. have, you cannot show children people using scissors as a weapon. Yeah, I think it was more that they went. Uh, we paid for that bloody space couch. <laughs> yes. Don't let her ruin it. Yeah. Um, yeah, she she's. Um, Susan seems affected the most, which sort of fits because she's the most sort of telepathic out of them all, isn't she? So obviously what's going on is affecting her more. But yeah, she seems to have become just deranged. Yes. Uh, some, some, we don't, I mean, we're not, neither of us are fans of uh, Caroline Ford's acting style, um, I don't think. I won't say ability because she's obviously doing what they asked her to do. But I think she's quite good in this one. Uh, 
again very very odd very odd yeah if, she, if she's just standing still and staring yeah. she's good oh yeah yeah uh, yeah, well, that was what she that was uh, what she studied for four years to do. Just yes. stand in the corner, don't do anything. Um, we see the um, the food dispenser again. Yep. And uh, in lovely close up, we can see that the only two liquids it can dispense are water or milk. Yes. <laughs> That's good, isn't it? You fancy a coffee? No. Cup of tea. That, Arthur Dent would hate it on this. Special. That would have changed by the time of the third Doctor. You'll have some yes. claret in there. Yeah. Some port, brandy, yeah. all sorts of things. Yeah, you could dial up the year you wanted. Yeah. Yeah. I wasn't prepared for the outrageous bandage that the Doctor... Sports. No, strange idea. I mean, because they, they sort of say, oh, it's a, it's a space bandage that... Um, it's got stripes on it, and as the stripes are absorbed, because it's healing stuff, you can tell when you're healed, because all the stripes go. But it does make him look a bit like he's waiting for Lee John to come in and do a duet, doesn't Yes, it? yes. It's not a good thought anyone should have had. No, it's not a good look, is it? No, no. Yeah, yeah. I, imagine, I can just imagine Hartnell having a right old go at that. I'm not wearing that! It's around this time the paranoia starts, doesn't yes. it? Because um, Su Susan, again, she, she, she's uh, got the scissors again, and she reckons that the intruder is in one of yeah. them. Yeah, she thinks it's not necessarily a, you know, a, a rubber alien. She thinks that the, the intruder is a presence that's taken one of them over. Uh, and the way Ian's acting, she might be right. Yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, she and the Doctor, they both get hurt on the back of their necks. Yes. When they touch the console. Yeah, the console, I mean, to be... I don't know whether it's missing a sound effect or something, but it doesn't doesn't sort of work, does it, when they're... Do, especially Susan, when she's doing that overacting, I've been shocked. Yes. But there's no sound going on. You could have done with a... Yeah, sort of, something to infer. Yeah, just yeah. something to indicate that that something's happening because otherwise you go is she having a fit what's going on mm. so the scanner shows a photo of the countryside yes um, they reckon it's England the doors open and there's a roar and uh, then you would get a photo from their first adventure yeah and then a shot of the cosmos and then a flare out yes and they're, they're trying to work out what the hell this means along with the audience to be fair yeah um, but it's interesting that they say they they sort of mention that yeah that this this the scan is showing something that happened several journeys before uh, the events of an unearthly child, isn't it? Mm. So it's, I think the doctor says it's before your time or something. Yeah, um, it's a sort of nice, interesting idea. But uh, yeah, they 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 just don't know what's going on at this point. No. Um, but I really like what happens next because the Doctor accuses Ian and Barbara of being saboteurs. Yeah. And Barbara's, how dare you? She yeah, she really launches great. into him, doesn't she? Yeah, well, it, it's sort of the... You, you can palpably feel her disgust at the Doctor and it's like, we've saved you. I love it when she says that, you know, if it wasn't for us, you'd be dead in a cave. Yeah. Uh, you know, in from with the tribe of gum. And she's right, and... I do love that Hartnell acts as if he's almost been slapped in the face, doesn't yeah, he? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's re really good. No, Great that's, character That's stuff. a really good moment. Yeah. I've never seen that moment on any clip show about no. Doctor Who, and it, no, should, they it always, should be included. Yeah. They'll always show like the the um, stabbing scene you know, with the scissors. But yeah, they, they very rarely show that. Yeah. Or they'll, they'll show, quite rightly show the, the Hartnell soliloquy at the end. 
but this is just as good yeah like i say um barbara in this is is a really good character yeah yeah um what is that thing that appears and freaks them out that thing that's just there yeah it's like a i think it's the clock has melted because it's, it's the doctor's like ormolu clock thing that he's had in the tardis since the beginning uh, and they do a close-up and it just looks like they've melted it a bit so i don't know whether it's like the I don't know why it elicits such a response. Yeah, uh, it, it of, freaks of them terror. out. Yeah, um, yeah. <laughs> that's when they realise all their watches have stopped as well. Yes. Um, but then we have a little break. The doctor goes off and brings them a cuppa each. Yeah. I, guess, I guess that's a cup of milk or a cup of water. Yeah, it's good one or the other. Or special treat: milky water. Oh, lovely. Or watery milk. Ugh. Um, and yeah, episode end, uh, one ends with them all asleep and the doctors at the console when someone grabs him by the neck and he looks yeah. rather shocked. And that's that's as, our cliffhanger. Yeah, yeah. Um, but it's it's interesting when we come back that it's the doctor that's drugged everyone, isn't it? Because mm. he he wants to investigate this without all the tiresome bother of people telling him the truth and stuff. Yeah, but unfortunately, yeah. Ian's woken up, and it's Ian yes. who is... Uh... Yeah, well, Ian was clever enough not to drink the mm. water, wasn't he? Because he, he didn't trust the Doctor. Um, so he didn't... I don't know how he, got, how he got out of drinking it, that they didn't notice he didn't drink it. But yeah, he's he's not been drugged. So his, his paranoia then ramps up to 11, doesn't it, really? Don't yeah. blame him. You say about you know Susan, um, you know being the, the the nearest to a telepath and any of them, yeah. and that's that's when she does that no thing, doesn't she? Because yeah. you know there there was this inference that uh, the doctor and Susan could communicate telepathically. She looks at the doctor and says no, so it's like she's yeah. read his mind. Yeah, I think I mean to be fair, we're all we've all we're all thinking the same thing without being telepaths, aren't we? With this doctor. Um, yeah, the original idea was that they were going to be tele telepathically linked, and that. But I suppose it's you can see why they dropped it. Cause it's one of those ideas that that you either have a, a cheesy voiceover like the champions mm -hmm. did, or the audience goes, "What's going on? I don't know what." Yeah. You can't just have someone looking blank and then going, "Oh yeah, yeah, the third cupboard from the left." Yeah, yeah you, it's it's a sort of it's a it's a dead end of an idea there. Yeah. Yeah, and you can see why they dropped it. Oh yeah, yeah. Um, and then a foghorn goes off. Yeah, no cloister bell yet. My chair just collapsed. Um, I uh, yeah, no cloister bell, but we've got a foghorn. You never get that in New Who, do you? What foghorn? Foghorn. Nor do you in New Who get the fornicator. I swear no. he says fornicator. He does. Yeah, it's just it's so because they they make a play of it, don't they? In that um, adventure in time and space. Adventure in time and space. Yeah. Uh, yeah, Hartnell, bless him. He he put in a complaint, didn't he, that he said there's just too much dialogue for the Doctor in this story. Mm. Um, which is, is so weird, isn't it? Because normally actors are doing the opposite. They're counting their lines and saying, I, I want more. Yeah. I want the most number of lines. But Hartnell was very much a, I don't want to learn dialogue. I mean, right. you know, he, he, he did have his reasons medically, but... But yeah, he definitely says fornicator. It's the fornicator, which yeah. uh, it has gone off because the ship's at the point of disintegration. That's when they start well, I think working the out what's going on. The fornicator's gone on because the ship's fucked, isn't it? <laughs> so, oh, very good. Yeah. yeah. Um, and that's when they realise, I've written this down and yeah. I still don't understand what yeah. it means. They had time taken away, but now it's been given back as they're running out of it. Yeah, I, I'm not... 
I don't, again, I don't know, I've not seen an original script for this. I think an original script does exist, but I don't know whether this is just <coughs> David Whittaker's sort of slightly flowery writing or whether Hartnell got the wrong end of the gist. Because uh, it doesn't make a lot of sense, but I think what's happened is that the yeah the tard the tardis has taken time away, i.e. their memories, their memories of that time as they travel back. I don't know how it's done it, and now it's being returned. So I think their memories are flooding back, just uh, as they're to about them. to die. Yeah, just as about to die. But why does Ian act so strangely then? If all he's had is his memories taken away. Yeah, I don't. I was thinking this while watching it. Before we met him in um, in An Earthly Child, was he like this? Oh, it might be a Gan situation. Yeah, yeah, it could be. Uh, but but yeah, he's definitely acting the weirdest. All he's acting as if he has been possessed, whereas I think everyone else is acting as if they just don't know what's going on. Yeah. Um, and he's, I love it at the end when he snaps out of it so quickly, and it? it's like all this has gone on. And Doctor says, uh, um, "Sorry, I judged you." He goes, "Ah, it's all right. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I don't care." Yeah. And it's weird to to see Ian wandering around in just a dressing gown with no slippers or anything. On. Shocking. Just bare legs and shocking. Something on yeah, me. Barbara reckons they've been given clues. Yes. Over the course of these two episodes, and the ship's been trying to warn them. Um, the power to the ship is under the column and the power wants to escape. Yeah. Uh, which, of course, at this point, um, and, and for many years to come until, until a, an era, the, um, this isn't, the central column isn't a time rotor. No. The time was completely different. No, I saw on the info track, yeah. the original idea was that the central column came up when they were in flight. Yeah. And then nestled back down inside when they when they had landed. Yeah, the, the power source is meant to live under it, and the fact that it's rising and lowering is as the power expands and and, and contracts. Um, but they never, again, they never really went anywhere with it because I suppose the budget. So like, can we show can we show that engine or power source? Nah. Mm, yeah. You have a light bulb. That's all you can have. I like I like the doctor saying to Barbara and Susan, "Go and stand near the doors." And when Ian says, "What? Why?" And he says, because when the end comes, they won't know anything about it. Yeah. You know, they'll just be instantly killed with no pain. Yeah. So it is, is weirdly um, nice of the Doctor, isn't it? Mm. You know, it's, it, he might not show it, but he does care. Yeah. Um, but yeah, ba- Barbara, I, I love the fact that Barbara works out these clues. It's like watching 321, isn't it? Yeah, <laughs> 321, when the... The, the, That's the, exactly what it is. Yeah, yes. it, nothing makes sense, and then at the end you go, so of course that means the speedboat. Like, what? Yeah, what? yeah, yeah, yeah. And this was the same. I was like, how did Barbara work out what was going on? But it don't matter because, as you say, we then have that monologue yes, from the Doctor, yeah. that terrific monologue, um, and it is fantastic. It's all great. about how the start of a new solar system. Because yeah. of course this is the. Th- only the third ever story, and you've got to get a bit of education in there. Yes. You've got to be educational, haven't you? Yeah, the, re- the remit was is meant to be uh, entertainment, but also educational. Um, and, and, yeah, you've got to get a little bit in there. I mean, 
I shudder to think of anyone learning uh, science from the first Doctor. <laughs> I love him, but by God, he comes up with some rubbish sometimes. Can you imagine this, him trying it, to explain to us the facts of life? Yeah. Well, well uh, you're, uh, the two people uh, love uh, each uh, other. Uh, and very much. Go to your room! Yeah. <laughs> um, God knows how he ever had a grandchild. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, he, he gets a, a wonderful, wonderful uh, monologue. It, it's just great, and um, from what I can gather, the, the the other cast members afterwards, you know, were very praised were you know, praised him very much for doing this because he he did have trouble with long speeches, you know, he's, he's, yeah, trouble with short sentences yeah, sometimes, yeah. <laughs> single words, yeah, um, fornicator, but, yeah, fornicator. I do love as well that because um, they, they they track it down and it's the fast return switch. Uh, so that this switch is designed; it's powered by a spring, by and it, a yeah, singular spring, singular spring, and it's um, it's meant to. So when he when he hit it because he wanted to get away from the uh, the Daleks and that on the last one, he hit it, and it's meant to fast return you to where you came from. Yes. Um, but because the spring was unhooked, that didn't set off the fault locator or the fornicator. Um, because it, <laughs> technically it did work, it's just that the spring didn't pop back out. And it's like, I, I don't want that as my error detection. You know, it's like going, well, why didn't my alarms go off that my car brakes weren't working? Well, someone cut your lead. So technically it was still okay. Yeah. It just doesn't make any sense. <laughs> and I love the fact that... Um, Written in, it's written in felt pen yep. above the switch. Fast return. Um, there's there's two theories on that, isn't there? Um, because evidently uh, William Hartnell and Caroline Ford used to write on the console mm -hmm. in rehearsals, and people would wipe it off afterwards. So um, Verity Lambert maintained that that was Hartnell that wrote that. So that could be an example of Hartnell's handwriting or printing. Uh, for everyone to see, but yeah. then what the director thought that it was actually uh, what, like one of the stagehands that did it. Um, I don't know why they would do that unless they wanted the audience to also know. But then, well, yeah, very strange. The the, the thing here um, that I saw is that Raymond Cusick uh, reckons it was written during rehearsals as a guide. Yeah. Verity Lambert says it was written so that William Hartnell could find the switch. Bit amongst all the others, and, but yeah, and both agree that the label was probably never meant to be seen on screen. No, I wouldn't have thought so because it but, is just felt tip, isn't it? Yeah, but we don't know, of course, that that isn't high Gallifreyan. Yeah, you know, it just happens to look like. Uh, and the TARDIS a, has translated it sharpie. for yeah, us into, uh, yeah, felt tip. Yeah, I think on the DVD, I didn't, I didn't go and look, but I think on the DVD on one of the making offs or something, they actually do the scene and remove it digitally but I think it's charming yeah yeah I like I, like I don't that. I don't mind it at all not yeah. at all it's um, the same sort of people that would would go uh, let's let's remove all the tape holding the monitors together in an Ostromo so like, no the doctor might have written that on there yes yeah no I don't mind it I don't yeah. mind it and I like how it's resolved because they just put the yeah. they, they put reconnect the it back on, yeah yeah, yeah. Uh, and uh, the doctor thanks Barbara, who goes off, yeah. and then we get that nice scene when he goes to see her later, and and all's yeah, well between uh, the two. Well, we get yeah, we get a lovely scene where he tries to thank her, and she's having none of it. 
and then later on she's sat there and it's obviously sometime later when the doctor comes in and by god that's a lovely scene between the two and then i think this is the first this is when the doctor was cemented as the doctor we know and love um everyone goes on about how he was a crutchety old man and an anti-hero and, and that was like ended here mm. because we get this absolutely stunning scene where and, and she's quite right she doesn't forgive him Ian's because he, he goes to Ian and says, oh, I'm sorry, I tried to kill you and all that. And Ian's like, ah, that's ah, fine. <laughs> and he, the doctor says, uh, I knew I knew you didn't have a, a recrimination bone in your body or something. Um, but yeah, Barbara is like, you can't just say sorry. Do you not realize what you've done? Mm. And Hartnell gets this lovely thing where he says, uh, you know, as, as we learn about uh, uh, others, we learn about ourselves. And this is the start of him being the hero mm. um so I, I it's one thing i think modern who did get right but they bloody overplayed it as all usual is that the doctor needs someone to ground him yes to remind him what being ironically what being human is meant to be yeah <laughs> but again wonderful acting wonderful acting uh, by jacqueline hill it's great she's very very under sort of uh, underappreciated yes yeah I agree. I agree. This this story, were you, you were, weren't you? You were one of those who watched the B BSB's yes, Doctor Who yeah. weekend when they showed it in the wrong the order. wrong way round. Yes, but yeah, BSB uh, for anyone not aware. So <coughs> back in the uh, the very very early days of satellite television, you basically had two companies you could go to. There was Sky. Uh, who had the large sky dishes, which were, I mean, at, at the time, they, they were thinking you should get planning permission and that to use them, and there wasn't a lot of choice. And then you had a, a, a British one, which was British Sky Broadcast, uh, British Satellite Broadcasting, BSB, uh, and they had a, what they called a square or tiny little yeah. satellite dish, and it was great. And we, we subscribed to BSB because one of the things they were said they got is the back catalogue of all Doctor Who. Yeah. So it was like, it was, I, was, I was like, yeah, I'm playing for that, I'm getting that, getting that. So we had it fitted in that. So yeah, when, when the BSB weekend came around, their, their main entertainment channel, Galaxy, uh, decided to devote a whole weekend to showing nothing but Doctor Who, plus loads and loads of interviews and stuff and people in the studio. It was like Children in Need, but purely Doctor Who for mm. a whole weekend. It was great. And they showed stuff like the two Yeti episodes. No one had seen them for years unless you had been to a convention. Um, and they showed the three doctors. And one of the ones they showed was this. And on the Saturday night, they showed it. And they did it in the wrong order. Yeah, what and that's how I watched it. It was like, what? what? At yeah, what point you, did, did, um, <laughs> did you it click that actually... <laughs> well, it was, it was quite late in because... But I, I knew that these stories sort of dovetailed into each other so it wasn't like modern who where a story would end the next week completely new story you had scenes but so I, when this started i thought oh i wonder what's happened was this what was this in the daleks <laughs> why are they all unconscious and then uh, after about five minutes you go there's no they've shown the wrong one um get your program guide out and check the episode titles what uh, a up. yeah but it was a it was a good time to be a fan do you know the astonishing thing about what you're talking about there oh, that uh that weekend um yeah. was 33 years ago no september 1990 
that was the Doctor Who weekend. So that was that was well before your kids were born. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Before I, I I met my wife. Yeah. Everything. I remember as soon as we started talking about BSB, um, um, other Ian. My, uh, my my friend who worked at the cinema with yeah. me, yeah, he had BSB. I didn't, and he used to tape them for me, the Sunday morning shows oh, right. and stuff. Yeah, yeah. They, they they showed a strip showed it during the week, and then you'd get a compilation on Sunday. So I was the same. I used to tape the compilation because it was easier just to set your timer for that. Or yeah, but if you set your timer, and this yeah. is what happened, Ian would give me other Ian would give me a tape, and it would have the, those hideous adverts in it. Yes. Yep. Yeah, the adverts were terrible. But B- the Galaxy Channel, BSB, was great because they, they not only showed Doctor Who, they showed the goodies from mm. every episode, from episode one. It was amazing. Um, and they, they showed loads of um, what, you know, for us were classic American cop shows. Uh, they had access to the BBC's archives, which was, I mean, even now is something that you don't get. You don't get access, access to everything. Uh, you'd have to license each program yeah. in turn. Um, but it, it was it was glorious days when that that was on. I remember yeah. just you know building up my tape collection, getting stories you'd never seen. And then they come out on home video, and you can yep. junk that one with all its junk adverts rubbish, and everything, yeah. and and they're in the right order and that. Yeah, yeah, and you got a cover and things and mm. better quality. But no, it was good, good, good old days. Anyway. This this story is it is it good enough to go on your top ten? Um, no, I think it's too slight. Mm. It's hover, it's hovering outside. Um, it gets it, it gets woefully overlooked all the time. It never appears on any polls, um, and I think it's mainly because episode one, no one's acting like they should. Mm. Um, I think if it was a three part, so you had one episode of them acting normally, one episode of them acting not normally, and then it's gradually come out, I think that would work better. Yeah, but it's it's a very slight little story. Um, well, it's padding, is, isn't it? It's yeah. just two oh, it's episodes to pad it yeah. out to 13 yep. episodes. That's what its well, function it, was. Yeah, it's literally so as they're not giving the actors money for nothing. Yeah, but That's the literally is, the point of it. Yeah, but so many, you know, yeah. programmes that were made, they were made in th- a 13-episode block, yeah. and that was the end of them. If this had been the end of Doctor Who, you would have had a little snowball fight at the end. Yeah. And you wouldn't know that they were then moving on to Marco Polo, would you? No, you could go, oh, I wonder if they've, they've returned home. Or, Yeah, it's really weird to think if that had been the case, Doctor Who would be less well-remembered than, say, Time Slip or something like that. It would be strange because you would yeah. have just this mini-series of 13 episodes where they encounter cavemen, Daleks, and then get bothered by a spring. And that's yeah. the end of the show. That's it, yeah. Yeah. And you'd be going, oh, it's a shame they never did any more of that. Hmm. Um, luckily, though, the, um, the the tidal wave that the Daleks caused was starting to be felt. <laughs> so behind the scenes, you know, very, very begrudgingly, uh, they were given another 13 episodes. Um, but that, that's, that's, of course, why uh, during season two, um, we start losing major cast members because they... They wanted contracts, yeah. you know, to be secure. Because while they're doing that, they're not going to get any other work offered nope. to them. Nope. Um, so I, I totally understand why the cast started leaving. Um, it is sort of self-defeating, isn't it? You, if they'd have just gone, okay, you've all got a year's contract to start with, 
but everything was so tight at the BBC money-wise there. It's just yeah. astonishing. Yeah. And like you say, this wasn't an expensive programme to produce. You know, it, it, it's just strange. Yeah, yeah. Good old Beeb. Good old Beeb. We've got to have a good old time now because this is Doctor Who Adversaries. <laughs> yeah. Our ad adversary is a spring. A spring, yeah. So we've so got I to go through the motion the here now, yeah. Ian. We've yeah, got no, we've, so. we've got a we've got to vote out of ten on the design yeah. of the fast return well, yeah. switch. I think the. I mean, let's let's do, let's should we should we do it on the whole fast return switch rather than the spring? Yeah, let's call it the fast yeah. return switch, right? Yeah. I was going to just call this episode a spring. But no, fast return yeah. switch. Yes, okay. A spring is in the air. Um, I quite like the idea. I mean, the perverse part of me likes the idea of they could have all been killed because Hartnell doesn't put WD-40 on his strings. <laughs> well, it would have been three in one then, wouldn't it? Three yeah. One. Do you remember three in one oil? Yeah, in its little what can. What were the three uses? Um, fast return switches. Fast return switches, yeah. Uh, sexual lubricant, probably. Yeah. It was golden coloured, wasn't it? Just yeah. such a weird thing. Yeah. Don't get it now. Um, but yeah, so so I quite like the idea. I like that, and I like the design of it. And I really, very perversely, like the fact that it's labelled in felt pen. Yeah. Um, but I can't make a mockery of our uh, our system of uh, scoring this. So I'm going to give it a five. Oh, I gave it a four. Five. Yeah, I've, I've seen people recreate it. Uh, really? And, well, and like it, as a prop? Yeah, but it looks odd in colour. It, it's oh, like a cr people it? do it in like a cream colour, and there's yeah. the the dark button on the top left. I think is uh, is is red, and it just seems no, odd really. in colour. It's it's weird the the whole notion of colour in the TARDIS because we'll have to discuss this when we finally do the full TARDIS episodes. Um, because, of course, when they went to colour, when we started seeing it in colour, it wasn't meant to look like that. No. It wasn't meant to look sky blue. No. And then slightly limey green. It, because it was meant to be viewed in black and white and look metallic. Yes. Um, so, yeah, it's very, very, very strange, that. Very strange that someone would make one and a big red button. Yeah. I hope the people who do recreate it then have a felt tip sticker. Oh, you got it, wouldn't you? Yeah. Just above it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, all right, so that's four and a half for design. How effective is this switch? Well, it was it was pathetically ineffective, wasn't it? Because it broke. <laughs> Although technically it didn't break. How does the um, if it's so wonderfully analog, isn't it? Because of course there was no computers or anything, but it was, but not in the common usage. Um, it's so wonderfully analog that the TARDIS is this amazing device and it's powered by springs yes and presumably clockwork and bits of meccano i imagine presumably be the thing that goes yeah. up and down in the middle of the console is on a big zebedee style yeah. spring then I, rec I reckon it could be yeah oh, i wonder if that zebedee's underneath we need the time for the doctor <laughs> uh, we should do um magic roundabout in character, character yeah. yeah all right favorite Magic Roundabout character. Uh, everybody's is Zebedee, Dougal. isn't it? No, I Dougal. I love Dougal. Sarcastic little runt he was. I no, but I like, I, I, I like the oddness of yeah, Zebedee. Zebedee was brilliant. What the hell was he? I don't know. I don't know yeah. what that is. I hated the... Um, I can't think of her name, the girl in it. Very Florence. Sensible. Florence. Was it, was it Florence? Yeah, that was it, Florence. Yeah, presumably Florence and the Machine was named after it. Yeah. It was and about Florence and the Ermintrude. 
Oh, we drew Decal. She was alright. Oh, I like the snail. Was it Brian the snail? Brian the snail. He was cool, wasn't he? Yeah. yeah. And Dylan, and the, Dylan rat, the, the rabbit. The, yeah. Yeah. Oh, I tell you who was creepy, yeah. and it, it, it's Mr. Whatever who actually owned the magic roundabout in his top Oh, hat. Mr. McHenry. Yeah. Yeah. He was a bit creepy. He very creepy. I remember... Um, sorry, listeners. I remember there was a in one of the breakfast cereals I can't remember which one but you got little plastic yeah. roundabout figures you brightly coloured ones yeah. yeah really brightly coloured and I had such a time getting the full set but I managed to get the full set I love those toys I, that's how I had a little Mr McHenry on his tricycle right it was great here we go Patreon episode our top five <clears throat> breakfast cereal giveaways Things. yeah Oh, right. that's a good one. Yep, Coming soon to yeah. Eric and Ian's bit on the side. Yes. Good stuff. Anyway, back to the TARDIS. Yeah, um, effectiveness of this yeah, switch. Effectiveness. Um, I'm going to, because it, it's a bit of a silly thing to happen, but it's the sort of thing that would happen. So I'm, I'm going to give it a four for effectiveness. I stayed at a four. Yeah. So that's okay. So that's a four. So that's 8.25. So a, a broken spring. No, 4.25. Will rate higher than Derek Deadman. Yeah, four. That's four, that's correct, isn't it? Yeah, four point two five. Let's yeah. see. <laughs> Does this switch, like, yeah. <laughs> get attached to the side of a caravan? And who does it beat? Right. Yeah. This so, is, this could be embarrassing for some people, couldn't it? Somebody can operate the switch. Somebody yeah. is in that caravan oh, and can really? operate the fast return switch, presumably to to set, send this person back to whatever. Yeah. Uh, story they were in. They Sontaran Val. Who was Sontaran Val? Val? Oh, he was the. Is that um, one of the new doctors. ones? He was in the two doctors, wasn't he? Oh, Val? one of those tall ones. The tall ones, yeah. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, basically that switch beats the second Omega, Don Bannerman, Terry Leptal, the Slitheen. Oh, there's too many. There, 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 there must be a good, what? What am I looking at? Maybe 25 other characters below the switch. Do you think this is the this is our jump the shark episode? <laughs> <laughs> We've rated a switch higher than the, than the Teraleptils. Well, um, it was technically an, an adversary. You no, know, that's true. Yeah, I mean, it came closer to killing the Doctors and the bloody Daleks have ever managed. Yep. Yep. You know? Yep. Yeah. If Bar if Barbara would have um, you know not woken up quite so soon or not been off her game, they would have all died. Yep. Yep. So there you go. That's the switch done. That's the switch. Very All good. right. So, next we're on to uh, the second right. Doctor. Lord, uh, yeah, Pat Troughton. It's your choice this time. It is it? my choice. And um, this, we haven't got many left, have we? Have I think we've Troughton. got two left. Two. Right. Two, because we're not doing historicals, are we? No, no. We, no. we decided to do, so that leaves us two. We will do switches. Yeah, <laughs> you should get this, because if you're discounting historicals well, reckon, and there's only let two me, left let, let me guess i reckon it's going to be without any clues the faceless ones no it's the other oh, one. Oh no it's the um, other one what's the other one the other one is well i've not seen it nor of many folk and it's what there's the one patrick trout and you don't own oh right is it a missing yes this is going to be an interesting totally one to missing and they haven't animated it or yet animated it they might animate it this year you never know Ooh. Um, and it looks terrible. It looks shoddy and terrible from all the stills I've seen from it. Oh dear, shoddy and terrible. Mm. Missing. Uh, is it early or late? But middle, I think. Middle. Ooh. Shall um, I give you a clue? Yeah, go on, give us a clue. Ahoy there. 
Ahoy there. Hmm. Space Pirates. Yep. No. Doesn't one episode exist? No. Yeah. Does one episode exist? I think one episode exists of the Space Pirates. Oh, that means I've got it on Lost in Time on that yes. box set then. Yeah. Because, right, I'll take um, that back. Oh, God, yeah. I remember this, this from the episode that still exists, this is likely to be both incredibly boring story and also embarrassing as hell. This was the one where they, um, the instruction was to uh, match Thunderbirds, wasn't it? Was it? Was what they, yeah, they were told, match Thunderbirds in effects. How could Thunderbirds do what they're doing and we're not? And, and so I think the, the effects work in this is meant to be amazing, but at the detriment to every other part of the story. Hmm. Well, that's interesting. That's yeah. interesting. Of course, you, you you can see it all on the Telesnaps site, yes. can't you? Yeah. And, and and that's what I'm going to be doing. Um, yeah, that's how I'll have to, to watch it. Um, yeah. I think I've got an idea. I've got it on one of those compilations for the soundtrack as well somewhere. Oh, right, right. But I, I don't ever... I don't remember... I couldn't tell you what the story was other than there's long patches of boredom. I don't know anything about it apart yeah. from those outfits with those studded helmets. Yes. Looks terrible. We're in the future, guys. The Baben-style studs, yes. or Avon yeah. Series Four studs, by the looks studs of it. Studs everywhere. Yeah. Studs galore. Studly Dudley. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Oh well. So um, yeah, will 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 we be uh, finding some buried treasure with the space pirates, or will we be walking the plank? Do you think? Well, let's find out. But of course, that's in two weeks' time, isn't it? Um, yes. We've got a yes. two-week delay now because Ian's off on his holidays. So, uh, yeah, they'll yeah, they be... I'm off to join Stephen Taylor on the Empire State Project. You are up there, aren't you? You're going to you're be doing your best Stephen Taylor... I will. Um... My hillbilly out, uh, accent. <laughs> I'm probably getting I dare by. you. I double dare you to do that. Go up there and, and do that accent. You'll it's get still, thrown off. It'll still be more believable than any English accent on MASH. Yes, yeah. Uh, yeah. And you're doing something rather exciting as well, aren't you? Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm off to follow in the footsteps of the narrator in War of the Worlds. So while yeah. you're in New York, I'm wandering around Horsall Common. Yes. So I'll, I'll be off gallivanting, eat, eating pizza and cheesecake. You'll be saving the world. So. Yes, I will. Thank you for I that. Will. <laughs> yeah. All right, okay. Um, well, stuff. yeah, in two weeks' time, we return um, to uh, get on board... I'd rather get on board with the double deckers actually than the, yes. the space pirates, yeah. but uh, it has to be done. We have to. Yes, we got to do it. We got to so. do, do these ones. Yeah. Um, we're definitely. Who would have thought we're getting to the end of of Troughton yeah. and Hartnell? To be honest, when I was looking for this one, there's not many left for Hartnell. Eventually, it's just going to be Tom Baker Tom. and yeah. Peter Capaldi, I reckon. Yeah. Or oh, no, yeah. no, David Tennant. It's David, just be Tennant David Tennant yeah. and Tom Baker, alternating. So that will be the uh, the alternate love hate show, really. Yeah, the us. yin and yang. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay, all right. Oh, uh, right. Yep. Yeah. Two weeks time then. Nice one. Thanks, Ian. Bye bye. Bye.